Hi, everybody, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Jonas Elrod, the filmmaker and the main subject of the documentary Wake Up, which was released last year and has just been featured twice on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Jonas was leading a pretty ordinary life as a filmmaker and a musician until he woke up one day with the ability to access other dimensions. He suddenly could see and hear angels, demons, auras, and ghosts. And trying to understand this new reality, Jonas crisscrossed the country with his girlfriend Mara looking for answers. In the process, he sought out physicians, religious teachers, scientists, mystics, and spiritual healers to help him come to terms with what happened to him and piece together the puzzle of what it all means. And in the process, he created this arresting documentary, Wake Up. Welcome, Jonas. I'm so happy to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Miriam. Jonas, you came from a God-fearing background. To suddenly see energies and entities must have been pretty mind-blowing. What did you think was happening? It was uh, pretty mind-blowing, to say the least. Um, you know, I, it, it, it's interesting. When people have talked about this sort of thing, and they do talk about this sort of thing in the South, uh, I don't really know how open I would have been to it until these experiences started happening to me. So... My myopic view on life and death and God and the devil, so to speak, changed radically. Um, and, and through that, it, it definitely took quite a while to integrate and understand and to become peace with it. Mm-hmm. Give us a, an idea of what you saw and felt. Well, the first night that it opened up was in a hotel room in San Francisco. Um, and I was preparing for a shoot that I had the next day. And so I was labeling tapes and charging batteries and making a shot list. And that's when the veil dropped this, um, giant light opened up in the corner of the room and all these spirits started floating in to the room. Uh, some of it looked angelic. Some of it looked demonic. Some of it, I still don't understand what I was seeing. Uh, I started seeing, uh, squares and rectangles and interesting geometry on the walls And that experience lasted for about six or seven hours. And through that experience, I mean, there was definitely elation, and I felt great joy, and I also felt tremendous fear with trying to understand. And at the end of the night, what these spirits told me was to expose what was happening. They just said, expose it. And be it that I was a documentary filmmaker by trade, eight months later, I got my crew together, my co-director and producer, Chloe Crespi and Steve Utensky, and we started making Wake Up. Mm-hmm. So you kind of recreated what uh, you experienced, and then you you took it on the road uh, to see where you could find answers. Well, the only thing, and I don't really consider recreated. We definitely revisited the uh, scene of the crime, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I think one of the things that really works in Wake Up is. You know, it's really kind of following me A to Z to understanding. And through these metaphysical or paranormal uh, experiences, it definitely led me to a spiritual path. So it definitely opens up where I'm trying to understand where all this stuff is. I'm seeing and hearing, and I, I started having these spontaneous visions to really becoming at peace with that, understanding that, learning meditation to ground these experiences so they're not distracting, and then really starting the long, arduous uh, road to peace, having peace around it. You said that they somehow made you understand that you were to tell this story. So that would indicate that you have kind of two-way communication. Is it with some particular entities, or how does that work? Well, I, like I said, I don't even know how open I would have been to this stuff. So I certainly believed in God. Uh, I had faith in God, Um but in my experience, we all have uh, spirit guides, or some people would call them guardian angels, or I call them homeboys, so I don't get really locked up into the uh, the importance of the words. But um, they explained to me just to expose it. Now, when I agreed to do this, I didn't realize that I was going to be the emotional center point of a film. Uh, Mara, my girlfriend, certainly didn't know that she was going to be part of it. But as time went on, it became more and more clear that this needs to be a story about me trying to understand and discover and ultimately lead me to a spiritual path. 
which mm-hmm. I'd never seen anything like that before. And when it was happening, I, I was complaining and making comments. I wish there was a roadmap so I could learn and understand where to go. And that was kind of what Wake Up turned out to be. It was uh, my roadmap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember... Sense? Do you remember having any unusual experiences similar to this as a child? I, I do now, as years went by, as, as an adult, I, I have remembrances. But I think, I think all children have this. I think all children are tapped in on some level. I don't know why my, I guess, ability that we all have got pushed into the unconscious. But I do remember weird things or anomalous things that happened as a child. I think what happens sometimes is that these abilities or these ideas or stories aren't encouraged. So some parents or some communities could say, well, that's just the devil's work, which sounds comical to me now, but that was a real thing in the uh, community I grew up with the kind of God-fearing Southern thing. Uh, Some parents may say, this isn't appropriate to talk about. It's strange. And I think children have an innate understanding that they need to hide this part of themselves. And I I think that uh, that might've been what happened with me. And it has nothing to do against my, my parents' funny stretch, but I think that I've met many people who said, well, I've always had this ability. I've always had it. And I, I think they were just encouraged that it wasn't something weird, wrong, or taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You spent two years uh, before that happened shooting your first feature documentary about bears. So presumably you were out in nature. Uh, quite a bit. Do you think there was anything about that time in nature that might have made you more receptive to the psychic awakening at this time? Well, I, well, for me personally now, being out in nature is definitely grounding. You know, I think that a lot of people feel that. You know, we live in New York City, which can be very chaotic. But uh, my first feature, Bears, it was that title might be a little misleading. It wasn't about animals it was about uh a different topic so no, I, see. Uh, I was mostly in gay bars filming uh gay men bears are like uh they're a part of the gay community that are larger <laughs> hairier men it's a common mistake so i was mostly in gay bars <laughs> filming this contest it was no, i repeat the question <laughs> no no it, it happens all the time no but um why why do you think it happened then I, Did they I give have, you any indication why? No, and that was definitely the big answer I was chasing. You know, And I would go from different points of the spectrum where, one, I was just aggravated and kind of angry about this. Like, why the hell is this happening to me? To points of feeling great joy and, and tremendous relief. Um, why this happened to me is not an answer I've chased in a long time. I've just mm-hmm. accepted it, and I, I certainly feel at peace with it now. That certainly wasn't the case in the beginning. So in the film, I call this a gift curse, and sometimes it was much more of a curse and a burden to me, and sometimes it was actually, I felt a tremendous blessing and a gift. I think maybe my spiritual immaturity, you know, I had to keep working that out because to my embarrassment now, but I can clearly see is I would go through moments of feeling like a victim because Mara got to witness this where I couldn't sleep or I was upset or I was just scared of the unknown or what's going to happen next to the other end of the pendulum where I felt special, like, Oh, this is a special thing through getting some maturity around these things. I see that both are not correct, but coming to this understanding obviously didn't happen overnight. And if you watch wake up, you really kind of see me struggle and kick and scream to try to come to a place of resolution. Well, as, as you know, um, we, we watched Wake Up about a year ago when it came out and, uh, wrote a review of it at the time. And I was so delighted to see it because it was a very unsentimental look at a phenomenon that I, from my perspective, see happening all over the place now. It's like there's a wave of people having these experiences and suddenly, you know, going through the same <clears throat> stages, thinking, I'm going mad, I'm going crazy, you know, tell me I'm okay. In fact, you went to a whole bu- uh, bunch of doctors to, to check you out. You had CAT scans and stuff like that, didn't you? I did. Um, that's the segment of the film era calls uh, Dr. House portion of it. And so, <laughs> yes, I, I did go through a battery of tests because... I think it would have been completely ir- uh, irresponsible to come out and say, hey, this has happened to me and this is what it is. So I had an MRI. I had a psychological evaluation. And when all that came back as a clean bill of health is kind of when I started going 
down the mystical avenues and the scientific avenues to get answers. What was really surprising, and I was, I was glad to hear it, is a lot of the scientists we spoke to were pretty much saying the same thing that the mystics were saying. Well, the idea that we're all connected and we're all one and the idea that your consciousness or spirit or soul certainly survives death and seeing scientific um, research around that. And also from shaman, mystics, spiritual teachers talking about this was was really amazing. I had no idea that they were linking up so closely because the science faith thing is, you know, it's been a huge debate since the beginning. So we felt very lucky to find these extraordinary people. You you did see some extraordinary people, people from Ramtha to uh, uh, Sufi mystics and and uh, Native American shamans. Were were any of them more helpful to you than others? A- absolutely. Um, the thing that's encouraging to me, and I, I feel, you know, great joy as a cheerleader for the human race, is that. I fully believe that this information, this understanding is inside all of us. I think that some things happen like they do to me or you or others where people get a glimpse of that truth. But the idea that we already have this information, we already have the answers within us is, is greatly gratifying. So I may have been able to meditate and get to a place where I was able to understand more. But I, I also understand that I needed to meet each and every person here, each and every syllable to get to a place where I was able to receive some of that truth but they all they all serve their purpose they all uh help me in one way or another now you can see watching wake up that sometimes my skepticism is on even though i'm having these experiences you can tell that i haven't fully drank the kool-aid but everyone we include in the movie definitely had a special place for me and and reaching another step also what's interesting is you know i spent time on a native american indian reservation and so when I went and spoke with a man named Mark Colson, who was instrumental in helping me shift, I told him about these experiences, and he, he didn't shrug a shoulder. He was like, well, of course. <laughs> because these type of experiences are not only part of their day-to-day life, part of their community, it's encouraged at times. So the fine people that were really walking the walk and not you know, speaking in taglines or punching a podium or beating their chest saying, I have the answer was, was very, very refreshing and, and very comforting. Mm-hmm. How did you decide uh, who you were going to visit? Where? How did you even know where to look? Well, I had a very talented co-director named Chloe Crespi, and she was also the cinematographer and uh, my producer, Steve Utensky. You know, we wanted to go to places that they thought that I thought would be helpful for me to gain information. And so we we just uh, started researching on the Internet. Chloe had grown up in this kind of spiritual community, so she already knew some of the people to talk to. So if something felt wrong or off to me, I wouldn't go for it. But if it felt right or I felt like I could take another step, we went. And so you'll see things like I go to Rantha School of Enlightenment. Now, I, I didn't know who Jay-Z Knight was. I didn't know about Rantha. And so you can see a little bit of my uncomfort at the beginning, but that was a big turning point for me as well. And then there's amazing people like Llewellyn Von Lee, the Sufi mystic that helped, Abdi Usadi, who was my acupuncturist, who really kind of showed me the ropes and, and taught me about meditation and energetic systems and chakras, which, you know, I'd never even heard of this stuff before it happened. You know, every every step, every person we spoke to helped me take another step. So I, I'm very grateful around that. Sounds like you had a really crash course in spirituality. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt like I was on a fast track, better or worse. And, you know, some people kind of casually look into this. For me, it was something that I needed answers on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes pain and suffering will get people on a spiritual path. Mine was having these kind of crazy William Blake metaphysical roller coaster rides. But what's important to me is where I ended up. So even though it was challenging and very hard at times, I, I'm certainly glad I took the uh, voyage. Was there a common thread in the information that you were gathering that, that came out very strongly? There was, but what was also interesting is I've always been a curious man, you know, all my life. So when I would get one answer, you know, I would ask 15 more questions, mm-hmm. but the idea that, your consciousness survives and the idea that other people have these experiences, a lot of them, like you were saying, I've probably met more people that have had some sort of experience than not. And I think that everyone has these. I think some acknowledge it, some take it as an opportunity to take a step deeper. And then some people kind of brush them aside. But I, 
I don't think that my story's radically different from others, even though people just can't believe it sometimes. Uh, but when they watch the movie, they kind of come around it's like, wow, that was, that was really amazing what you did. But I think everyone has this. And for me, it was a signpost to a bigger picture. So I would even say, for me, this was a signpost and proof of God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know how these things sound. It was like, well, who, who do you think you are to know this? But that's also a, another thing I think is interesting. When you see truth and when you have your own experience with truth, there's really nothing anyone can say to take that away. And that's where I feel incredibly blessed, where I'd kind of been chasing the notion of God or who am I or why am I here since a preteen. I think before these experiences happened, maybe five, six years before, I'd kind of given up. So really? that that really is a blessing for me. Do you think you might have been chosen to have this uh, very intense experience because you are a filmmaker and would be able to tell this story more effectively than most people? I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought, don't think the sense of humor escaped me. I thought it was kind of ironic that, you know, I do documentaries and this happened to me. And it's like, well, God, people are just going to say, oh, he's a failed actor and he concocted this whole story. But you know, when people see the film, they get it. You know, the, this is definitely a real experience that I'm going through. Why it happened to me, though, I, I don't know. I just, I, I see the uh, comedy in that. Now, if I was a, a tax attorney or an interpretive dancer, I would have brought it out some other way. But this is what I do. This is the route I chose. Are you, you're, you're still seeing auras and angels, yes? Well... You know, I, I'll be really honest with you. I, I've somewhat had misgivings of labeling it angels and demons. I mean, I've most definitely seen things of, of light and higher vibration and joy and love. And I've also seen things that, you know, definitely were a little spooky and darker and definitely made me feel terrible. You know, that that's certainly my interpretation on it. But I guess the hesitation is it's not like this was all the things I saw was only regarding Christianity. You know, I've definitely seen a lot of stuff that's, I have no idea what I'm seeing. I think the point is now I don't really care. I don't really get caught up in it like I used to. Maybe it's because I'm used to it. But I've also heard people say, I guess people have gone through this, you want to dispense with this phenomenon as quick as possible. And when you see Wake Up, uh, Llewellyn Bon Lee, who's had his own experiences, he's a Sufi mystic. He's like, well, what do you want to do? And so I'm thinking, well, this would be a good thing to say. Or maybe that's how I felt. I want to be the spiritual person and serve. But he could really pick up psychically that I wasn't there yet. I was kind of reciting a tagline, but that truth hasn't really dropped in me because I was indeed still stuck in this uh, metaphysical world that I kept seeing. But as far as still having these experiences, I definitely have them on a day-to-day basis. But I think the key for me was meditation. And I, Abdi Asadi taught me how to meditate, taught me how to ground the experience. So it's not something that distracts me. So, you know, with the economy going to hell and everyone anxious and upset and scared, Walking through Times Square with this channel wide open would not be very fun or healthy. And so I've learned how to turn it down, turn it up when appropriate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just something I'm used to. It's not this crazy, traumatic thing. Obviously, that didn't happen overnight. But I think there were a lot of work that we did in the film. Definitely, I came to a place of peace with it. So Mm -hmm. it's funny because I'll hear stories around the campfire. I had this metaphysical experience. It was so beautiful. And I hung out with Jesus and Buddha. And it's just puppy dogs and, and, and unicorns, you know, I slightly get envious of that. I was like, well, that wasn't my experience. Mine was a good 50-50. So, you know, I, I think that the trouble that I had was perhaps I was so freaked out about it is, you know, I would emit fear and that fear would just draw things out to, and it could really ducktail. And I think as soon as I started fearing it and started coming to peace and grounding it, the experiences definitely became more and more positive. But that's a hard cycle to get out. And we've been doing the screens of the film. And, you know, there's always six, seven people that come up or write emails and say, well, this started happening to me five months ago. Or this has been happening to me for 10 years, but I'm too scared to tell my husband or my coworkers or my family. And I completely understand that place. But I think being honest and just stepping out can definitely be liberating. And I've told people when they start to get smaller because they're walking backwards, nodding because it's just too crazy for them to hear. But I think when people really look deep in their soul, they'll say that they, too, have had such experiences. Mm -hmm. I think that this is probably the most important um, contribution that this film is making. It's giving people um, almost 
the permission, the acknowledgement, the permission to acknowledge their experiences and uh, not to be afraid of them and to see that they can uh, work through them. I-, I was wondering, are you getting messages? Are you getting any sense of external directives that you should that you're you're supposed to be carrying out i mean sometimes you know it i under I, it's pretty funny because i try to be really really honest with myself and i definitely believe in free will and predestiny and sometimes i want to go make my own way and to be real honest sometimes i just want them to tell me what to do which is a funny little balance um but sometimes i definitely get directions and and things i should do or things i should avoid and you know, I try to stay open and listen to that. The thing that's so interesting to me is everyone gets guidance. It's just regardless if you acknowledge it. And so I think these experiences are really kind of put in a corner for, well, it's the people that meditate every day or do yoga every day or wear white every day, which is so silly to me. It's such a cross-the-board thing. So when you see a businessman that's really good at his job, and that's the last thing that people want to say, oh, he's spiritual, which is silly, when they're very, they're tapping into their intuition, which helps them really maneuver and you know be really good at what they do. So I think everyone gets it. Well, I don't think I know they do. I think it's just important for us to start listening because you know if you if you look at the news, you can kind of see how things are going. And I think that this acknowledgement of spirit and acknowledgement of God or a higher power, or whatever you want to call it, coming through to help us shift is is really really exciting. Yeah. People like Dan Millman uh, practically coined the term synchronicity. Ha- have you noticed an increase in these synchronicities happening in your life? I, uh, certainly. I, I must certainly have, um, which is just kind of sometimes comical to me because I really get that I'm not driving the car. I'm just on a ride. <laughs> so, you know, we're, you know, at least I was. I, I don't think I have a car on the market. You know, we're so attached to being right. We're so attached that I'm, I'm behind the wheel and I'm doing this. And what these experiences have shown me is, no, I'm just another character in this big movie or, or in this dream. And I try to stay open and let spirit guide me to what I'm supposed to do. Now, I still have an ego and I, I still work on it. But sometimes, no, I want to do this. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes I see, okay, I need to listen to my guidance. Mm-hmm. And has it occurred to you that perhaps your guidance might just be another aspect of yourself? It, it has. And, I mean, I, I can really go on and on pondering that. For me, for whatever reason, I'm at peace with the answers I received through the film. But that could be, as some people call your higher self, or they could say that that's God, but you are God and you're attached to God. You know, all these things make sense to me. I'm just not... I'm not troubled anymore with trying to completely understand it. I think that this has obviously strengthened my faith. And, you know, when ups and downs come, I really stick to these teachings to maneuver through it. And that's really the blessing before that. You know, my faith, it was just that. I was hoping that there was a bigger thing, and I felt it in my bones. But, you know, I really didn't have any idea, like most people don't. But having these experiences is always confirmation. It's, always been a, it's also been a real incentive to try to clean up my act. You know, and understanding that my thoughts and actions affect everything, everyone, not just the people in my life, that we're all energetically connected. So if I'm going to walk around full of rage or full of depression, that it really, it really affects everything. But if I want to try to raise my vibration to be in a more joyous, loving place, that also affects. So, you know, I'm not trying to sound like a platitude or a Hallmark card, but I definitely live my life by that now. And that would have never happened without these experiences. It sounds like we all need these experiences. We need them to multiply exponentially. Jonas, what is the most profound experience you had in making this film? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, like I said, there was definitely darkness I had to go through, but I also got to experience a lot of light. Um, I don't know if there is one defining moment other than maybe a culmination of lots of small ones, but one thing that does stand in my mind was the time I spent with Mark Colson and his family on the reservation where, you know, I'd gone around the country and asked all these questions and really kind of spun myself out with trying to get answers. But what Mark was able to provide me was uh, I was able to do some uh, sweat lodges and ultimately went to do a vision quest where I was really able to quiet my mind and look for those answers within myself. And so when I would hear people say, oh, it's all internal, you have to look inside, well, that sounds good, but, you know, I don't totally know what that means. 
And so I felt uh, very blessed to be able to partake in a vision quest where I really could quiet the mind and look inside. And I think that that was the big shift that I had where I really found peace, where I really found the answers I was looking for. Now, being on a vision quest, you know, it took days to get all the crazy thoughts out of my head about, oh, my God, I got to pay the bills. Oh, I have to do this. And, oh, what about this? And how's my girlfriend doing? So it really was a nice mirror to show me that we're constantly thinking of stuff. You know, the idea of being present, you know, I think some people are decent at it. But I realized I had a lot more work to be present and not thinking about 20 million other things. Once all that information, all that chatter quieted in my mind, I think is when I was really able to dive in and, and get the confirmations and the answers that I was so looking for. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your girlfriend. Mara was a great support to you throughout this. And uh, I understand that she had her own very profound experience. Can you tell us about it? Certainly. Mara was uh, a tremendous support, and we definitely did the buddy system going through this. And it was it's interesting to me in hindsight. I mean, I see that we're just kind of acting out as archetypes. So it's kind of like Mulder and Scully from the X-Files or <laughs> Locke and Jack from Lost. So we started watching Lost, and there's a man of faith and a man of science. And, you know, it, it finally the dime dropped. It was like, well, hell, that's us. Because... Mara was skeptical, but she was incredibly, incredibly supportive and, and, and very loving. And I kind of drug her on this uh, journey with me. But Mara had her own reckoning. We went and visited uh, Roshi Joan Halifax in a monastery. And she, I don't want to give the whole scene away, but for me, it's the most powerful one. She understood her place and, and her namesake. And so she literally shifted and understood a lot over a piece of pizza with some monks, where it's me, I'm going all over the place trying to understand. But she she definitely had her moment in the sun, and I think that that moment has helped her in many, many ways. Hmm. What was the most interesting thing you learned about yourself while you were on this journey? For me, I learned that, you know, I feel like I'm a fairly authentic guy, but I, I realized that, I'm not quite what I think I am, and I, I hope that makes sense. You know, I was so attached to my identity as, why well, I'm this Southerner, and I'm six foot tall, and I'm a filmmaker, and, and that's just who I am. Through these experiences, it, it really taught me that I'm much different than what I think, and I, I'm definitely a bigger thing than just this one little guy on this planet. And when I say that, I mean that for everyone. But I was really attached that I'm this guy. I'm my, my mother's son or my our mayor's boyfriend. And so having these experiences of divinity, I, I realize that we're all much more than we think. And, Have your you know, parents also, come to terms with this experience? Or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely took a minute. And from what <laughs> I've heard from other people, you know, it, it's definitely not a day at the beach sometimes. But this really forced me to look at myself and be authentic and really start working out these old ego wounds that I carry, whether that's rage or depression or confusion, you know, it really kind of brought it all up to the table for me to start to work with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely in terms with it and I definitely see it as a tremendous gift. It just took a minute. <laughs> and, and are your parents, have they changed their views uh, watching you go through this? I would probably say my father, not at all. Um, and as you see in the film, when I explain that I'm having these visions and seeing and hearing this stuff, the only lens he could really look to it was out of Christianity. And I understand that, but he's never asked one question about it because I know deep down that it, it terrifies him. Now, my mother, on the other hand, has asked me a lot of questions, and I think it's opened her up to her beliefs and what the nature of this reality is about and what God is. Um, I had to learn early on that and this was the kind of special BS that I had to deal with and really work through. And I, I certainly have. I'm, I definitely feel incredibly humbled by this, but not to be attached to what other people think and not to be attached to other beliefs and to know it's all the same thing anyway. So I, I definitely think this has helped my mother open her mind a little bit because, you know, kind of part of the religious structure we were, you know, it's been at least instilled in me was very fear based. Mm-hmm. You know, it's God is going to send you to hell, and you better not have any gay friends. And just it's just ludicrous to me now. Um, but I also understand that there's a reason for it, and just have peace around it. The idea that people are terrified about if they're going to go to hell, or this whole gay thing, this whole country is obsessed with it, makes absolutely no sense to me. I just have to kind of sit back and understand, you know, this is part of our evolution, and we'll get through it as we have these other things. 
But, you know, there was a part of me where I felt like, wow, because George Bush was in office when this initially opened up. I was just like, well, if good old Georgie could have these experiences, he probably wouldn't be on TV every day saying us versus him, good versus evil. And so there would certainly come some rage and disgust around that. But I also need to understand that that's simply part of our evolution. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What advice do you have to give someone who may be going through a similar thing themselves? Well, you know, everyone's different. So when I would talk to different people about, well, how did you get through these initiation stages? You know, I got that certain things work for certain people, and there's not just one answer that will get you there. For me personally, you know, I needed to learn how to meditate to ground it, and I need to learn to dismiss with some of my fear around it. And I needed to learn to be a lot more authentic about who I am and what I'm thinking. You know, we all kind of wear a mask about these things, and this kind of threw me, obviously, out of my comfort zone. And I think when these things spontaneously open up for a lot of people, it definitely knocks them out of their comfort zone. I would definitely say use discernment with who you talk to and what you read and, and who you, quote-unquote, follow. Also, and who you uh, tell in your family and your friends, because some people are ready to hear this truth, and some people just aren't. And... Was one thing I needed to learn was discernment. So I think in my naiveness, thinking well, all these other communities are riddled with problems, the spiritual community would be absolutely perfect. Well, that discernment that you would carry in any community needs to be carried on with this. And also to really know that the information that people could be giving you, you know, that's already information you know. They're just reminding you. So not to give your power away to some, you know, mystic or guru or scientist. Just understand that they have a piece of it and you have a piece of it. So the idea of liberation, that we're all part of this, is, you know, really exciting and thrilling for me. So when people talk about having these experiences, you know, I am excited, even though I know it might be painful or hard for a minute. I know that we're all making the next evolutionary step needed. I like what you said about not giving your power away to a guru. Uh, for many people... Searching itself can be an addiction, can't it? That's very intelligent. I mean, and, and I really got to see that first and foremost. Uh, that was something that echoes back to uh, Abdi Asadi, where he talks about how we're all addicts. And I definitely see that. It's just certain addictions are socially accepted and some aren't. So if you're a workaholic, that's great. But if you're an alcoholic, that's terrible. Well, the idea that we're all addicts also goes with the spiritual community thing. So I've met many spiritual junkies that have read every single book, and really that's all they can possibly talk about. And to me, that's not completely being authentic, <laughs> but that's just my POV on it. So I think you really need to find a balance when it comes to these things. And I think, and, and I was certainly there in the beginning where I would give my power away. Just tell me what I need to do. Tell me all the answers. Okay, great. I got it. I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I think you have to get it yourself somehow. And that's sometimes part of the challenge, but it's also really the only game in town when you really look at it. Well, for heaven's sakes, uh, we were given free will for a reason. And, uh, you know, if we're just like little automatons uh, saluting and doing what we're told to do, uh, there's no creativity in the universe. Well said. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I think that what's happened is that we're so scared, we're so anxious, we're so terrified. You know, you watch the news for a couple of hours and you're going to get in that place that we just want a grand fix-all. Like, how do we get out of this? Yeah, yeah. But the, like I said, you know, the, the thing that's very liberating to me is we, we already know all this stuff. It's already in us. We just have to get in a place to let that truth come out, to let the your soul start driving the car, so to speak, as opposed to the ego. Now, I don't get off on these rants about pure ego. That That makes no sense to me. You know, you need ego to live on this planet, but the idea of spirit coming through to guide or start stepping forward, I, I think, is the way through all these messes that we've created for ourselves. You've been talking to people at screenings all across the country. Have you heard any reactions that surprised you? Well, I was, I think me and the whole team, uh, Mary included, were, were not prepared for all the emotion that came out. You know, when we first played it, there were several people crying in the audience. I met a woman who had to walk out halfway through, and I didn't really understand it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, as a filmmaker, I was delighted at that, but I didn't understand why everyone was crying, or at least certain people were. And I think that what you said earlier really rings a bell. I think that this has been on the tip of a lot of people's tongues, and a lot of people have had these experiences, and a lot of people are looking for something bigger. And I think when... 
we were just lucky to bring out so many people that were speaking truth and that resonated with them and they were able to have a release. So it's really been tremendous. I was really nervous going forward that this would totally kill my career, that I would be the crazy, schizophrenic, delusional, self-important guy. You know, I was really, really nervous about this, but I tried to be really honest and, you know, warts and all, and it's definitely been working out. But the reaction has been tremendous. You know, occasionally someone will say, well, you're schizophrenic, and then I'll ask, well, have you seen the film? And they're like, well, no. I was like, well, you know, watch the film, and, you know, I'm more than happy to have a discussion with you. But I also just have to keep in mind, it's not my place to convince someone of, you know, what my truth is. I mean, I think that's how we got into the, all these problems in the first place. You trying to convince me of the way or, or vice versa. That doesn't work. And I just try to be at peace with that. What do you think that people most identify with in your film? I, I Honestly speaking, I think a screwed up individual uh, taking a couple brave steps to find peace and answers. I, I think that if I would have, I think it's the emotion because anyone can relate to being in a relationship. Anyone can relate to being confused or scared and anyone can relate to taking the steps to find peace and understanding. Um, because when I originally, when they originally said expose it, I thought I was just going to be this kind of host this kind of michael moore kind of character it kind of came in and we talked to a bunch of people but that became very clear that no it, it was going to need to be about me and my struggles and uh my search for information and i think people really resonate on that level mm-hmm. i mean i'll be really honest when i see someone on you know a new show and they're really bearing their soul that affects me i mean because i can see myself in them and i i think the raw honesty of it is what resonates with people it certainly resonated with Oprah. Uh, that was quite an honor to be invited to, to sc- screen the film on, on the Oprah Network. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was just as surreal as all this other stuff. It was, <laughs> quite an honor. I mean, I, I don't know what was more surreal for me, but, you know, she's a really, really wonderful person and, and really is open and has a great understanding and really full of love. And we felt completely honored that she wanted to take our film and help it, help us get it out to the world. Have you had uh, a, a kind of a quantum leap in the reactions since it was first on? I, yeah, I mean, we've been doing, you know, the grass mo- grassroots movement for quite a while and we really just want to get their information out there. But, you know, definitely more people are hearing about us and watching the movie and, and sharing their own experiences, which honestly helps me with mine. So when I hear about a lot of other people that are going through this, or I hear a lot about other people that instead they're having a metaphysical experience, they just want more out of life. They just want to live a more conscious life. That's always good affirmation to realize that, you know, us as a collective are, are taking steps to get to that place. And what's also been wonderful, it's just, it's gone across the board, you know, from, housewives in Kansas to stockbrokers in New York or firefighters in California, what have you, that a lot of people are making these steps. I think this information has been, we've been closeted with it. You know, we haven't really had a community or a forum or a place to really discuss it. And I like the idea that this is becoming broader and bigger so we can all, you know, take that step. Hmm. Is there one message that you hope audiences will take away from your film? This is going to sound really lame, but no. And I have to kind of be careful with that. I, I What I hope happens after watching the film is that people question. Mm-hmm. They, they question what they've been taught. They question what they think. And that's really the most I can hope for. Because we, we made very conscious decisions not to come out and say, this is the way or this is the way. So you see me meet with different spiritual religious people from all walks and all paths. And that was the big message that, you know, I got at the end of the film was that all pointers point in the same direction. It was really showing me it's all one thing. If um, you being a Buddhist or you being a Christian or you even being an agnostic, it, it's okay. It all points in the same direction. And that for me, and I hate to keep using this word, but that for me is incredibly liberating. Because I think there's so much concern with who is right and who is wrong and what's going to happen to me when I die. And, you know... <laughs> we all get to do that part of it. No one has a, a lock on that. And I think there is certainly a lot of anxiousness. And I think that since things on this planet are going even in a darker, more challenging direction, that people are a lot more open to hear these truths. 
But in, in short, no, I just want people to question. I, I would suggest maybe taking that a step further, not just to question, but to feel safe in questioning, that it's okay to question and that it's okay to acknowledge their experiences. And, and I, I think that's, that's almost the permission you've given them. I have this image of like a big wagon wheel and I see all of the different traditions from religions to agnosticism as, as being on different points along the perimeter of the wheel. And everybody's making their own way towards some center that they might call God, they might call enlightenment, but it's all the same center. I like that. Now that that's the big thing, you know, it's like uh when I hear about these holy wars and religious debates and things really getting out of hand or with the you know, in politics with using Christianity as kind of a skeleton key to make sure people trust you, you know, I, I'm hoping we get to a place that's not going to be such a thing that we fully acknowledge, as you were saying with a wagon wheel, it's all part of the same thing, you know, and no one's right. No one's wrong, at least from my point of view. And I also agree with, yeah, question, but question knowing that it's, it's a good thing to do and it's a safe thing to do. I, I completely agree with that. So what are you working on now? Uh, cleaning up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that never sounds romantic and that always, you know, I have to really preface it by saying there's things that I know that I need to deal with but are a challenge. So I'm, I'm trying to clean myself up so I can be as light as possible. But that's not another overnight process. And that's really what some of these people will talk about, the internal work that you should do. So I'm trying to be as bright as I can possibly be. And, you know, just living a really nice life with uh, Mara. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, you're based in New York, are you? I am. We're out of Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. uh, I think we might be headed out west soon. But uh, we're just really enjoying the ride we're on, and we feel very, very blessed by all the reactions, and just very excited about that people want to take these next steps or make this part of a conversation. You know, and you, you've seen all this, and, and you've had great discussions. But the idea that this is becoming more and more prevalent gives me a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you feel about it? I mean, you would say that you're hearing more of these type of stories or hear more people looking for truth, right? Oh, un, undeniably. I, I, every, every week I get another book about somebody who's had a, a similar awakening. Uh, and they range from, you know, stockbrokers and oh, there's one, one book I'm reading now about a guy who is a real estate agent who just chucked it all and suddenly he finds himself healing people's faces, healing children's deformities with his hands. I mean, the things that are happening now are totally mind boggling. And it, it's, it's just this wave that's growing. And what we have to do is rely on people like you who are, um, brave enough to, to stand up in the face of possible ridicule and to speak your truth and to say, I'm not crazy. This is what is happening to me. And, and to give other people the permission to say the same thing and to know how we are connected into something greater and connected into each other. That's why I just love your film, Jonas. Well, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Well, let me ask you another question. Um, you you would say that these type of experiences are accelerating and ramping up, correct? Absolutely. You know, the big thing that I'm always curious about, but it would just be a belief on where this is headed. You know, I, I think that spirit is really taking a step in and people are having their own personal experiences, having their own truths, which I think is so valuable. So they're not dependent upon other things, other institutions, other beliefs, other projections. And I think when more and more people have these experiences that we can really hopefully reach a critical mass where things can really start to change on this planet. And, you know, we're seeing this new consciousness spread into every aspect of life. It's not just our spirituality, but it's our politics. It's our economy. People are not prepared to continue with business as usual and keeping their heads in the sand. So that's why the title of your film is so appropriate. Wake up. 
Well done. Thank you very, very much. How can people find out more about you and your work? Um, you can find us at wakeupthefilm.com mm-hmm. or we're on Facebook as well at uh, Wake Up The Film. And we, you know, definitely would love to come. We're doing tours around the country, so we'd definitely love to come to a, you know, a town and do a Q&A and hear different stories and screen the film. But you can find all the information on the websites. And if you want to buy it, you can certainly do that from the site or you can stream it online. But we would certainly love you to come out and check it out. Terrific. Well, Jonas, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you, Mary. I greatly appreciate it. We've been speaking with Jonas Elrod about his documentary, Wake Up. You can visit his website, wakeupthefilm.com. And I hope you'll join us next week on New Consciousness Review when my guest will be Mary Hayes Greco. And we'll be talking about her book, Unconditional Forgiveness, certainly a topic that is appropriate to the season. Hey, friends. Have you ever wanted to be a book reviewer? Reviewers are the backbone of New Consciousness Review, and we are looking for enthusiastic readers to join our team of reviewers. You get to get first peek at leading-edge books even before they're published, and you can build your library in the process. You'll be providing such an important service to the community with your opinion and your guidance. So if you're interested, you can read more on our website, ncreview.com, or just email us at reviews at ncreview.com. Hope to hear from you. And now we're going to conclude today's show with our track of the week called It All Comes Down to Love by the fabulous Gina Citoli with Grammy winner Barry Goldstein. It's from her one-woman musical, A Cabaret of Consciousness. As Teilhard de Chardin once said, when humanity learns to harness the power of love, it will have discovered fire for the second time. Oh!
It All Comes Down to Love by award-winning singer-songwriter Gina Sitoli. She creates her thought-provoking music to inspire us all to elevate our consciousness, reach for our full potential, and use that potential to create a better life for ourselves, our community, and the world. Her unique shows reflect the principles of ancient wisdom, new thought, and new science, and her powerful and transforming music has been used by NASA and in international CD compilations for peace. You can order and download her music from CD Baby or from her website, ginacitoli.net. That's G-I-N-A-C-I-T-O-L-I dot net. If you enjoyed our show and you're looking for more inspiration, check out our free community of readers and authors at NC Review, and you can buy their books right on the site. If you have any comments or suggestions from the show, I'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to miriam at ncreview.com, that's M-I-R-I-A-M, or leave comments on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash ncreview. And please, please tell all your friends... So until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.